Welcome back, everybody. Welcome into That's the Truth. I am your host, Jay Gallegos. And today we have the opportunity to speak with a very special guest. It's a privilege to have such exceptional leaders, high-level thought leaders, and special guests on the podcast every single month. And just before I present our multiple guests today, remember that our focus is to learn and grow together. Our goal is to get one step closer and further along in becoming who God created us to be one step at a time so we can be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. For a moment, I want to say thank you if you've taken the time to subscribe, if you've commented, rated, or even shared it on your podcast platform or on your social. Thank you so much for that. If you'd like, you can take a moment and feel free to rate it and provide any feedback in the comments section of your go-to podcast platform. And this is how you can contribute and make a difference and get the podcast out in front of others that can also consume the content. Feel free to contact me via the link below. You can send me an email with questions, topic suggestions, or even provide guest suggestions. And today I'm excited to share with you the great conversation I had with several of the members of the CLC ministry team. They are leaders at Christian Life Church from Edinburgh, Texas, and they are serving under the senior leadership of Pastor Alfredo Herrera. We had a chance and the opportunity to talk to Roel Salinas, Noemi Lopez, Rob Castro, and Gary Rodriguez. They make and form an amazing team. This past summer, I had the opportunity and the privilege of spending some time with them in their youth camp. I got, I got a chance to talk to them, to meet them, to be around them, to be around their culture, and they make such a phenomenal team, and I'm excited to share with you this conversation I had with this amazing ministry team. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome into That's the Truth. It's so good to have everyone here with me. Thank you for spending some time. Thank you for uh, agreeing to being on the podcast and sharing some value and spending some time with us talking about some team building, some youth ministry. And um, it's so good to see all of you once again. We got to spend some time together not too long ago in a youth camp event that you put together and so gracefully extended an invitation for me to be there with you all and um, got to meet all of you, got to spend some time with, with all of you, got to spend uh, time uh, conversating and getting to know everyone and your team. And I was so impacted in so many different ways and so many things that I observed, so many things that I was able to learn from uh, your testimony, from the way you carried yourself, your leadership in general, your team, your church. And um, I'm, I'm ecstatic to have you guys on the podcast. Welcome in. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Glad thank you, Brother here. Jay. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. And thank you for, first of all, accepting the invitation that we extended to you to our camp this summer. It was a blessing to have you and Sister Debbie. And well, we are glad that we're able to communicate once more, right? And, and that we'll, have, we'll be having this conversation with you along with uh, our brothers, right, that are leaders in our church and our ministry, right, and uh, blessings. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And my wife and I, were, were, we're so impacted by, by the experience. You know, we've seen different camps before. We've seen different organizations put together things for young people. We've seen different types of events, different uh, targets, different goals, different teams work together in different ways. And I learned something from everybody. Uh, I, I love observing other leaders, especially ones that have uh, much more experience than myself. And we, we got the, a chance to talk uh, over and over and over about different things that just jumped out and as, as um, the, 
days went by, the weeks went by, and it was just so, so impactful. Um, and we could break it down and dissect it for, for a long time. Um, but I wanted to get your perspective um, on a few things that I think is, is, is important uh, to share. And one of those is maybe get your perspective from uh, a leader's point of view, maybe a bird's eye view of uh, leadership and youth ministry. And I, I, th- I feel that this is an area that maybe a lot of people, even though have a lot of experience, there's still plenty of room to grow. And I speak for myself, I have much, much more room to grow. And uh, I think getting your perspective on, on these things is um, important for me. And I think it's just a blessing to be able to share it with the rest of the world and our audience. So from a leader's point of view, I want to say, I want to start off with um, knowing me. Uh, when most people typically would maybe shy away from the invitation of, of saying, hey, uh, we want you to be part of the team. We want you to work and lead the youth group. A lot of people get that that rush of butterflies through their stomach. They get that rush of nerves. And maybe their first response would probably be no. They would probably run away from it. But here you are at the forefront of, of your youth group with the support of your team. What made you say yes? Oh my, Brother Jay, you you yourself said it, right? A lot of times, you know, we get that anxious feeling right when pastor comes to you and and says you know we need we need somebody to help us in this area and and most definitely it can be nerve-wracking you know it can uh i i could have jumped to nerves right be nervous um i i told pastor let me think about it let me pray about it but one of the things that comes uh to my mind and that is very very dear to my heart is that the kingdom of god you know needs to be expanded and must go on Right. Yeah. And I always say, I'm not going to be here forever. Right. I'm not going to be here. And, and somebody else needs to carry this torch. And just as somebody invested in me, right. When I was younger, somebody took the time to disciple me, to teach me, to, to live with me, those crucial moments in my life. Right. I feel like somebody else needs to do that for our younger generations as well. You know, uh, a lot of times we say these youth are, the the future the next church right the next generation but but these youth i feel they are the church right now right and and we just need to take the time to love them to care for them and to disciple them and, and to show them right the love of jesus and to show them that that we are a family and that that you have a place with us so i guess to answer your question what makes me uh you know, want to serve in this area, it's that, you know, somebody took the time to invest in me. And I feel, you know, these youth need to be loved on. And they are the ones that are going to continue on carrying the message of Jesus Christ and expanding the kingdom of God. Man, I love that. And I I can definitely feel your passion just by just by speaking to you and having the opportunity to spend some time with you all. And there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't see on the back end, the sacrifices, the, the late nights, the, the, all the things that go on in the dark that, that really put together a strong leadership and a strong team the way you guys have it. A lot of people don't see those things. And, um, and, and I think you guys do that so gracefully and, and so wonderfully. Y'all work together so well. And um, I want to ask um, Roel, uh, you, you've been around youth ministry for a, a very long time. And one thing is to be able to say yes early on, but another thing is to stay in. 
and not only to stay in, but to stay in for a long period of time. And and you're the seasoned leader. You all have uh, uh, you're you're all seasoned leaders have tremendous amount of experience. But uh, Royal, what what is it that keeps you wanting to do and serve, uh, do ministry and serve the young people the way that you do still today? Hi, JJ. Uh, I guess one of the things is uh, you got to have a passion for them. You know, you got to have a passion for them in order for you to stay for a long period of time. Uh, these kids uh, require a lot of attention. Um, there's, there's, they have so much energy. Uh, and to keep up with that, I mean, uh, like you were mentioning earlier, there's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. Uh, and it's a teamwork, you know. And I think when you see... Uh, all these needs and every and what God can do through their lives, like part of the team, for example, that is serving now. I mean, it was it was the first group that I that I started with, you know, like probably about 12, 14 years ago. So now it's just like, OK, every sacrifice has his, his, his own reward, you know. So to be able to see that, uh, I guess it keeps it motivates you to continue investing in them uh, time. And you know, prayer and, and, and so many things, no. Um, and for me, it's just like I love to serve. I love to serve the young people, and I do it with all my heart. And I just enjoy being with them and being part of them, and being able to see what God can do in their lives, and 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 now seeing them come back to to serve and and to be able to be willing to say like, hey, like Mimi was saying, no, oh, now it's my time to serve. Uh, I, I guess, I guess it pays off, you know? So, um, but one of the thing is just like, I mean, I serve with a passion and I do the best I can and I put my heart to everything that I do. And I love these kids and I love, um, love to be able to, uh, invest in them, you know, and, and, and make time for them and be there for them, you know? Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I learned early on was, how broken a lot of the young people are. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize whenever they first come into youth ministry. And one of the things that really, really stuck out to me when I first came into youth ministry, one of my um, more seasoned friends um, that already had experience, maybe he had maybe three to four years in front of me, told me, he goes, don't ever walk out on these kids because they have so many people that have already walked out. And that impacted me so much just to know, like, man, you know what, you're right. We don't know if mom walked out. We don't know if dad walked out. We don't know if uh, whoever it is that they were looking up to, maybe they were let down and we don't know how many times. And then to come in as as a leader and say, hey, we love you. Hey, we, we care for you. And then all of a sudden disappear. Uh, that would just kind of add salt to that wound. And instead of making things better and leading for the better, then we we are uh, making make making it worse, probably. So I also want to stay on that on, on that topic there, on that nerve. And I want to say, um, uh, Rob, what what is it about youth ministry that attracts you to to serve with the young people? Well, I, I got to say, um, I came to church when I was 27 years old. So last Saturday, I was it was my sweet 16 since I got baptized. And I remember when I got baptized. Uh, there was this sermon that uh, Brother Phil Science came and preached. And I remember when he was preaching, it's like he was throwing rocks at me. And I, 
I, I was able to avoid them, but then after a while, they were getting so big that I couldn't. And, and that's when the Lord really changed my life and made me feel something that I've never, ever, ever experienced before. And the drive that I have was this that I got, like, I want to share it with everyone that I can. Like, I want everyone to feel this and even more than what I'm feeling right now. And that was always yeah. my, my, my chase, right? And um, I remember one time pastor asked me to help at a, at a lock-in for juniors. Obviously, as you can tell by my accent, English is not my first language, right? So he asked me to go to a lock-in. Don't fall asleep. So I remember having my Red Bulls and my, and, my, and my Cokes and just drinking them all night. And the one thing I, when I got out of that, I'm like, I will never work with kids because I hate working with kids. And I will never preach really? the gospel in English because it's not my first language. Then, you know, uh, we will have like special guests who will come in and, and share, right, from Mexico. And uh, one of them gave me a message once. And uh, he's like, you don't know this, but, you know, the Lord has a message for you. And uh, he actually has four messages. And I know them all, but I can only tell you one. It's like, and the one thing that I can tell you is that you will be preaching behind a pulpit. And I'm like, this guy doesn't mm. know what he's talking about. But in that walk, I always pray and I always ask the Lord, send me where there's a need. Because I used to go to a cell group and just to, to listen, right? I'll be sitting down, they will finish the, the message and, and the Lord will push me to share something. I'll be like, nope, nope. And like, I'll start shaking, I'll start sweating. And it wouldn't stop until I will share what the Lord had put on my heart. And I said, I think I'm ready to just go to wherever you need me to go. And uh, my wife was leading the teens back then. This was, who, who's now my wife, right? 2010. To, no, yes, 2010, because it's been 13 years. And the Lord led me there. And when I got there, by this first night that she invited me to share, when I left, I was crying because I couldn't believe how much pain and how many things they had gone through. I told her, I feel they have experienced more than me and I'm 27 years old. Like, what's going on? Uh, and from there, I started feeling that, that drive, like, okay, you got to be there for them. You got to help them. And like you're saying, right? A lot of times where you wake up, you're awake at three in the morning, talking on the phone, and then you may not see them for a long time, months sometimes, but it's still part of the part of the, <clears throat> the calling. And, and, and at least you're putting that seed. And not that long ago, I've been running across some of those teens who were teens back in 2010. Now they're young men. They're like, hey, Rob, I remember this. And I remember that. I'm like, wow. I was thinking my wife, man, you know, the Lord works. <laughs> he does work in mysterious ways when you see the results once they're you're older and it drives you to understand there's still like the young ones are still needing that help, right? And I was so happy to hear, to see all of the leaders who were serving, like Roy was saying, he started with them, then he passed it on to me. And now see them, see, see them work, work and serve. It's like, man, you know, this work has to keep on going, right? And, and we are the, the, the light bearers. We have to pass that torch and, and keep on helping people out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful testimony. And then to be able to pray that prayer, not very many people would actually have the courage to pray that because I would consider that a, a dangerous prayer. Lord, send me. Or what is it that you want me to do and say, Lord, I'm here available. Where is the need? 
that's a dangerous prayer. And that's a that's a prayer that you can almost guarantee that the Lord is going to answer because you're making yourself available. He's going to send you. He's going to put you where the need is. Um, he created everybody with a purpose and he's going to fill uh, that void uh, somewhere in the world to to make it uh, a better place and to bring us closer to him and bring other people to him. So I want to hear from Brother Gotti, Gospel Gotti. We got a chance to hear uh, his his gospel side of things when we were in that camp. And uh, yeah, what what is it about youth ministry, man, that that made you want to be there at the camp, made you want to continue working with this team? And you, you could have said no, but you said yes. And what is it about ministry, young people, leadership in general, that that keeps you uh, serving the Lord in this way? Well, um, I'm excited to talk about that. And uh, but before I do so, just thank you for inviting us to to be part of this podcast. It's my first time on a podcast, so um, we've had a chance to hear some of your podcasts before, and you've had some great guests, and we're Glad to to be here sharing with you. Thank you. Um, when it comes to Mimi and Roberto and Roel, um, one thing you know that I've seen in them is they have a heart of service. Uh, I've known, I've known, we've no, all known each other for you know fifteen years plus, and um, I've had an opportunity to work alongside them. And each of them, I mean, I we I could sing their praises because I know some of their their testimony. And, and I know that <clears throat> you may know some of, of Mimi's, you know, you, you ask people typically run from leadership, uh, from yeah. youth, sir, from youth leadership and, and what makes us run towards it. Well, Mimi's in the medical field and she's done, she's even gone some medical missionary trips. So I think it's, it's in her nature to, to run. I mean, some people shy away from needles and, you know, uh, blood and all that stuff. <laughs> And Mimi's running to that. She's running towards that. Yeah. And Bethel, uh, when it comes to Rob, I mean, I've seen him also. Like he said, he came to he came to church at one of our one of the youth camps that we were able to organize, and he came at 27 years old. And um, he, this guy is so disciplined. Um, you know, when it comes to his workout regimen and everything, and even even I'm sure when he was 27, even more so, right? But um, uh, Obeto, uh, Rob, I hope you don't mind that I'm sharing maybe a little bit of testimony. But you know, the pastor gave him a, a challenge, and it, it always resonated with me. It preached to me because Rob was one of the guys that would go to the gym and spend hours at the gym. And the pastor asked him, well, "How many hours are you spending at the gym?" And and uh, and uh, you know, the, Rob answered. He said, "Well, why don't you spend you know half of that time?" in prayer, reading the Bible, reading books. And uh, I've seen, you know, I remember asking Rob, like when we were, when we were in youth ministry, when we were the youth leaders and, and we were putting together a prayer team and I asked him, I was like, Rob, I need you to be on my prayer. You know, I need you to be the prayer director. And he said, yes, he accepted the challenge. And it got to the point where I was like, Rob, you need to stop reading don't read anymore, please, because you're 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 getting you're growing too fast. <laughs> you're gonna leave me behind. So, and then, um, but I, I've I've been glad to be able to to minister with 
with Mimi and, and Rob and Roel. Um, we're about the same age. He's a little bit older than I am, but we've I've always looked up to him, and he's always uh, been a man of you know who serves wherever he's needed. So, you know, they all have a heart of service. You mentioned something earlier about, you know, when someone told you don't don't go don't leave these kids because some of them have been abandoned. Some of them, you know, their mom left, their dad left. I was one of those kids. Um, my parents got divorced when I was five years old, you know, and uh, my dad, my dad's gone to be with the Lord and, um, you know, I love him and I miss him. But when I was growing up, he wasn't in my life like, like others, like other kids had their dad, but the men of God, my pastors, I had some excellent pastors who would, uh, you know, of course they'd pray with me, they'd preach to me, but I had one pastor who would take me to Peter Piper pizza. I had one. I had one pastor who would go out and play baseball with me and my cousins. Wow! And you know, so he was he was a, a that you know godly, manly figure in in my life that made an impact. And he invited me to preach when I was thirteen years old. I, I gave my first you know I preached my first sermon at five at thirteen years old, and it was because I had a manly you know a man of God in my life that, um, that was there. So from an early age, you know, they, they took me under their wing. We, I, I grew up in a small church. It was a, a you know, a, a church of, of, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and everything, you know, and, and, uh, but it was, it was a small, but a small church, but a, a church filled with, with the love of God, with the spirit of God. And so, from you know, from an early age, me and my cousins, we were impacted by that, and, and we had an opportunity to to serve in different capacities. Uh, when I moved to Christian Life Church in two thousand and six, um, you know, we we joined the team, and we have an awesome you know awesome pastor that you know that loves God, that loves us, and and he's he's a man of the people. He's he killed, he's always there for his for his uh, people. So I think he's instilled a little bit of him in us as well. So um, when I got invited to be part of the the um, this youth camp, I mean, I said yes, because I knew that God was doing something. And it's just awesome to work with, with these uh, fine individuals. And so that's just a little bit about, you know, our story. The, the one thing that, that Gary has done when, when I first came to church, he was the one who was always pushing me to the mm. point that I would tell him, why are you always calling me? Right. And uh, I remember going to his house and seeing his books and saying, man, I, I got to beat this guy. So he was, he was my inspiration. Right? And, and he's always been there. And, and he's so, I don't, I don't know if, if you see that Gaddy, but that is a huge blessing, not only to me, but you do that to every single person at church. And that in itself is a gift to give yourself to the church and to make a difference in people's lives and to really reflect, you know, what the Lord has, has put in you. So I, I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to, to share that. That's, that's awesome. And that's honestly one thing that I got to see firsthand without you all telling me anything. I was able to see and, and discern how you all feed into each other's lives. Uh, obviously, you told me you spent some time together um, 
early on in ministry, you all learn from each other, but you, you, you don't only just speak it, you actually see it. The way that the chemistry that your team has and the chemistry that you have together and you, you actually see it. And that's something that you probably you're not going to notice unless somebody tells you. Um, you, you probably feel it, of course, because things are moving and they're flowing. But I was able to see it from the outside coming in and and see how your team flows together, works together, the chemistry and, and you're constantly feeding into each other and your gifts are just naturally just flowing. And, and you put it all together and you blend it in and, and you make something beautiful out of it and you put it in God's hands and he makes his purpose come to life through it. And, and that's beautiful to see. And not very many people, uh, not very many people, not very many teams can flow and work together in that way when you have so much experience all together in one room. So I kind of wanted to go there and, and, and kind of tap into mentorship. So whenever you're talking to someone else, you obviously, you, you, you see something in that person. So if you're looking at it from a leader's point of view and a bird's eye view, the leader is always going to be able to notice things that everybody else doesn't notice. If, if the young people are coming up to you, letting you know that, hey, we need to do it this way, then we need to be asking some questions. But the leader has a bird's eye view and an overall view of things that the people that he's developing don't get to see. So what is it that you're looking for precisely? Uh, I want to go to Roel. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that stands out to say, you know what, I need to spend time with this person? And I noticed some young men, some uh, young people in general that had tremendous gifts, and I don't know them very much, but I, I could see the way that you relate to them, and I could see the way that you get along with them. And what is it that that makes you say, you know what, this this young man, this young person, they need a little bit extra push because they have something special. Well, I, I guess it's it's it could be uh, a couple of things. Uh, sometimes uh, you see a need on them uh, that that makes you be there for them, uh, and sometimes you see, even if you don't understand it, you know, but you see something from God in them. You know, yeah. and, and um, I guess one of the things that uh, these kids, uh, they need to feel accepted, you know, and uh, and uh, they need to feel love uh, and that you care for them. Uh, and obviously, God will guide you uh, to, to certain people that he has a purpose with them. Um, just like we're thinking and, 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 and Mimi and, and uh, Robert and Gaddy will know this. Um, when they were talking right now, I was thinking about the first group that I took, it was a group that Gaddy passed it to me because he was in charge before. And mm -hmm. then I sent it to Robert, you know, and then that group is now with Mimi serving. So it's just like, I mean, we're all connected somehow. So we've been serving together for, for, for a long period of time. You know, and this is like probably 14 years ago, Robert, something like that. Um, and we all we all being involved. So every every kid or every uh, young adult, you know, they're, they're they have their special needs. Uh, but then you see some that they just stand out. That somehow they just get your attention, and now like I got to invest in this person. Yeah. I got to make time for this for this person, and you do so. And some of the ones that are part of the uh, of the team right now. It's some of them are part of that people or those people that we invest so much time on them 
And and now we see the results. Some of these uh, young girls, I mean, in some of the camp, they want to go home. And I had to be there like, no, no, you can't go home. You got to stay here. And and, and their parents like, hey, help yeah. them out. And, and, you know, but now you see like, I mean, it was worth it. Every minute that I spend with them and we continue spending time with them, you know, now into maybe in a different like discipleship and a different uh, way now. But uh, it's, a, I mean, it, it was worth it because you see that God has something. There's something on them. There's some sort of leadership in some of them that you're like, I gotta, I just gotta spend time and I just gotta, you know, make time with, uh, with this person to, to help them grow and understand that God has a purpose for them. Yeah, absolutely. And that it, it takes a gift of a leader to be able to notice certain qualities in a person because not everybody can do that. And I think it, it, it truly is a gift from the Holy Spirit to develop other leaders. And, and I believe it was John Maxwell in one of his books that says the highest calling is the calling to develop other leaders. And I think you all have a little bit of that. You all have that where you're constantly looking to develop the next person and who can you instill and, and how can you invest into someone else. And I think that's what makes you all so special. The fact that you're constantly adding value to someone else and the people around you. And, and whenever you look at sports and you see the team that's constantly making each other better, and it's not just one person doing, doing all the scoring or doing all the, all the hard work, but it's getting everybody involved and bringing everybody up with them. Um, I, I think that's very, very special. Uh, and, and thank you all for sharing that. So one of the things that I've also noticed with with young people. Um, not everybody is willing and not everybody maybe has the courage to do it. Um, they're, they're kind of fearful stepping in. And, and there's been a lot of challenges and a lot of differences from maybe when we were younger versus um, the young people now. So what kind of differences uh, have you seen that maybe are different from the older generation versus the younger generation today? Um, the way that they connect to a message, the way that they connect to activities, the way they connect to leadership, uh, different beliefs. What have what have you seen that is different from whenever we were young or younger towards now the younger generation today? Uh, we can go with uh, Noemi. What is it that you see different that works uh, that worked then? Maybe that needs to be different today. Um, I remember, you know, when I was younger, going to a service and, and we would go to services and, and you had the the preacher, right? And I feel that uh, for us, it was fine, right? But one of the things that I have noticed is that our younger generation now is being um, like pulled or, or stimulated or uh, by, I guess, a lot of external uh, sources, right? like a lot of like media trying to grab their attention, right? Whether it be shows yeah. or TV or, you know, social media, you name it. So um, one of the things that I've seen is that their attention span is like this small, very, very short, right? You need to kind of like grab their attention within the first minute or so. Um, that's one of the things. Another thing is that the approach in delivering messages can also be different, Right. Um, yes, it's okay to to stand up there behind a pulpit and, and preach and, and give a sermon, but I feel that if they are being 
stimulated by all these external forces and that is trying to grasp their attention, then why can we not do that as well, right? Oh, if for them, you know, watching a video clip works, then why not produce a video clip with a message, with a devotional, with, you know what I mean? Something like right, that, right. Uh, a song or, so I think that, that that's one of the differences that I, that I have seen and one of the, I guess, challenges and, and also approaches that I feel that we are still needing to partake or, or, or dig, in, dig in a little bit deeper, right? And trying to be a little bit more creative in the way that we are delivering uh, the message, how we are also engaging them, making them a part of, I think it's also also very important. So that's one of the main things that, that I see different from me growing up and going to church and, and service and, and Sunday school as of now, you know, they are being exposed to all these other things out there in social media that I feel that the way that we should deliver message or that, that the way that we can deliver message, you know, it can be a little bit different and, and put ourselves out there as well for them. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. There's so many things on the outside that, that grab their attention. And then whenever we come into church, we, we just have naturally, I think the expectation that everybody's just going to sit and listen to us. And if, if we lack that engagement, then we're losing out and we're missing out on something. So Gotti, what are some of the things that, that maybe have helped you um, gain that connection or maintain the engagement with their attention span and or their interest? Um, I know a lot of people maybe speak against, you know, building around either events or building around specific things, but I think those are, those are things that are strategic. So when you have that in mind, what, what do you think is that, that, that helps us maintain connection with the young people and their engagement? Yeah. So it, I believe it's a challenge, uh, but it, there's also an opportunity. It's a challenge because of the world that we're living in. They're connected to something all yeah. the time. Whether it's their phone or social media or TikTok or Instagram or, you know, Facebook or whatever it is, or YouTube, Netflix, they're constantly being bombarded with messages and messaging and ideologies all the time where we may have their attention on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, the, the, the COVID pandemic presented a huge challenge to all, you know, to many ministries, including ours, where everything came to a standstill. We no longer came on Sundays and Wednesdays and we tried different things. And when I say we, I mean the church, uh, you know, right, the, the right. youth groups, whatnot. We all, the, we had already had church online, but the churches that didn't, all of a sudden they were like, well, I guess we're going to have to turn Facebook, you know, <laughs> because that was the way that we were uh, engaging the church in general. I know that we tried, uh, that we did some youth nights on, on Facebook and on different social media channels to try to engage them as well, because that's where they were already gathering. Um, at our youth camp that we just had, uh, that you were a part of, we did something that I mean, it wasn't, it's not controversial or anything, but we asked them to give up their phones. Like, you're coming to camp, so let's put your phone in a box. 
because we don't want you to be in service, you know, on connected social media, whatever. It's not time to focus on, on your TikTok or whatever. It's time to focus on God. So, and if you remember, um, when we had the campfire, every several children, several kids, um, were there sharing their experience. And many of them said the same thing. I didn't want to come. Yeah. I was forced yeah. to come. They made me come. And it, you, you know, it, it was just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but the atmosphere changed from yeah. Friday night to Sunday morning because they, you know, some of them were a little hesitant. Some of them didn't, you know, maybe they hadn't come to an event in a while. Maybe they had been disconnected from church. All of a sudden they're thrown into this, camp where everything is about God and prayer and connecting to the Lord and, you know, shifting your focus. Um, and things changed from Friday night to Sunday morning. And in my, in my talk with them on Sunday morning, I was like, okay, many of you said you felt far away from God, but now I, oh, I've never felt closer to God than I have this weekend. I felt, you know, I felt so far away, but now I feel close. I, I felt you know, uh, disconnected, and I feel connected. Do you think that it's a coincidence that you disconnected from TikTok and you can you decided to connect to God? And do you think it's yeah. a coincidence that you feel so close to God? No, it's that you made a decision to become engaged. So, one thing that I that I see in our you know in our culture and society today, there are many different causes. Whether it's human trafficking, whether it's uh, saving the environment, whether it's um, social justice or other different things, the kids, you know, or you know, not even kids. I mean, young adults, um, they are drawn to something. They feel a call to whether it's to you know to, to save the environment or to stop human trafficking or anything that we just mentioned or other 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 social causes. And I think that our challenge here is how can how can we engage them? Mimi hit the nail on the head is we need to figure out how to engage them because it's not just about bringing young people to church and having them sit down and listen to a message, but it's about knowing God, loving him, loving people, and knowing that God has a calling on your life and that he's called you for a reason and for a purpose. And that's part of that's part of what we've been called to do. That's that's what happened to us. We came to know the Lord. Someone spent time with us, mentored us, invited us, took us under their wing, and they said, "You're going to be you're going to be a part of a youth group. Or you're going to be in charge of the youth group. You're going to put youth camps together." And by getting us involved and engaged, you know, it 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 asked for commitment on our part. And I think until we're able to to successfully transmit that message to to our youth and say you have a purpose there's space for you in the kingdom of god you have a god has a plan and a purpose for your life you didn't come just to be a spectator but god wants you to participate god wants you god wants to use your life to make a difference in the world in your family in in your community in our church in society then if we're able to do that, then I think we're going to see more engagement. But sometimes, you know, I'm not just talking about our church specifically, but I think in general, 
sometimes kids, young people are like, what does a church have to offer? And it has so much. I mean, God has so much to offer us and he wants Mm -hmm. to use us. And, and sometimes I don't think that, that we're, you know, generally that we're successful in doing that and, and, and getting that message across. That's such a good point. The fact that you mentioned what is in, what's in it for me. And that comes from an entitlement mentality and an, an entitlement attitude where if you notice everything is at a fingertips reach, everything is on demand. Everything is next day. Everything is immediate. Everything is um, right away. And sometimes the young people struggle with waiting on success or waiting on the development. We know that maybe they even understand they have a purpose, they have a calling, or maybe even getting to the next level in their life. Secular, uh, they they know that they can get uh, success or or money or a career, but going through that struggle, um, sometimes it becomes uh, a a challenge and a a distraction also in in getting into um, the things of God. Sometimes that, that can also uh, play a factor into um, uh, play a factor into their decision making and their engagement as well. So uh, I love the fact that you shared that, man. That, absolutely. That, yep. Yeah, so, absolutely. There, there's there's no more exciting proposition than to be than to work in the kingdom of God, because what we're doing has eternal impact. It is changing. It's changing us. It is changing our family, our children, our community, and a lot of what the world has to offer, it's just temporary. It's just temporary. It's right. just fleeting. The, the right. pleasures, the things that, that it's offering, it's, it's just for a season. But what God is inviting us into is, is, is not just a life of, of success, but it's a life of significance and, yeah. and eternal. Yeah, that's good. I want to I go to Rob. What, what, is it that, what is it that you've noticed with the young people that resonates the most and what clicks? What is it that that works and what doesn't? Because I know that after spending some time in youth ministry, you you try different things, you try different ideas, and it's like, well, let's try this angle. Well, that didn't work. Well, that did. And now you have tools on the table, and you have tools in your toolbox to pick from. And what is it that resonates with them the most? Um, what is it that you've noticed that actually sinks in, or maybe you can share an experience that you've all done together or from yourself that that actually worked and said, you know what, like we're going to continue doing this. I think it's, it's uh, like you all both were saying, you and Gaddy and, and, and me about just the generation that we have. You know, Gen Z is a truly digital generation, right? They Before they learned to talk, they already knew how to flip from one screen to the next, right? On, on, on social media, on anything. And, and, and that is the way to kind of tackle that attention because the attention span, yes, it, it's diminishing. And you, you always need to know how to, how to break down the information the the one thing uh, I like to do and I used to do a lot was having that variety of you have your 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 standard message, you have your I love to have like uh, Q and A's where I will bring people and and the kids have questions for them, or even having a scripture and like okay let's analyze it let's break into teams let's talk about it you're gonna do a quick skit and you're pushing them to kind of like not just sit and receive, but kind of like brainstorm together and coming up with ideas. And you can see, like Ray was saying, there you can really identify the ones who are really passionate, the ones who really want it, 
and those who need a little bit of help and they need a little bit of you know grabbing their hand and, and kind of walking with them so it's kind of like playing with that variety and, and obviously everything you know soak it in with prayer first right so that the lord may guide you to what you need to show them what topics do you need to teach them what things are what are the trends i'd, I'd like to do that uh, a long time ago before all this stuff with the the trance and all of that i remember having a series on that this was like five years ago and i mean i had a couple of teens who left and came back like three months later once they cooled down and said i left because of what you said but after thinking about it i man like it's something that i needed to hear and so so touching those those topics that sometimes people consider taboo and you don't want to, you don't want to go yeah. into that. Like you do need to ask that because they, they need to make sense of their faith. Like Gary was saying, this is the best job ever, right? Working for the kingdom of God, but that doesn't eliminate it. doesn't negate all the things that we're fighting constantly. All the, what the media is doing. Uh, Mimi was saying about social media, all these things. We didn't have that, right? Yeah. Um, whoever was a, a youth leader 20 years ago, you, I mean, cell phones weren't even a thing, you know, it, it's been, it's been new. So how do you, how do you fight those things? And obviously you're never going to compete with the world, but the one who makes the difference is the Lord. Every time that we had camps, like I was saying, we will take the phones away and I will tell them, it's like getting all this noise, remove all the noise so that you're able to connect. And as long as you have that one opportunity, it doesn't matter what kind of message, what kind of strategy you use. If you get them to have that opportunity to connect, the Lord is the one who does everything because you don't change them, right? It's the Lord yeah. who makes that work. Yeah. So I think in identifying those things, that's that's where that's where the key is. It's not easy, and it, and it kind of also pushes you that you always need to be changing the game, and and it's like a fluent like a fluid situation where you have to be adapting to whatever shapes you're facing, right? But as long as you're willing to go through that, I think you have you have a pretty good chance of of reaching you know the the, the younger audiences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So whenever you talk about empowering young people, because we, we've touched a little bit about how to develop a team, how to develop leaders, how to invest in other people. So what are, I want to say, Royal, what are some of the effective ways that we can empower young adults in our churches? What is it that you can trust them with? What can you let go? Uh, what is it that you can, where is it that we can plug them in? Because one of the things that I that I learned, one of the mistakes that I learned early on um, when I was about 18, 19 years old, when I first started in youth ministry, I tried to do everything myself. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea um, how to lead and how to include other people. But I think you guys have done that so well. What are some of those effective ways where you can empower the young adults and say, you know what, we're going to give you this and we're going to trust you with it. So what would that look like? Well, I guess one of the things that what we're doing now is it's that, you know, it's sometimes, uh, um, like Mimi was saying earlier, we're not going to be there forever, uh, but we can still be there, you know, uh, supporting. So now seeing, I guess one of the things, I mean, you gotta, you gotta trust them and you gotta, uh, be aware that they're going to make mistakes just like we did, you know, yeah. and, but be able to be there with them and say like, it's okay. You know, we're going to learn from this. Uh, and kind of, you know, guide them. But one of the things is, like, uh, you got to make them feel that they're capable of doing it. Um, now, one of the things that uh, the work of God, it's it's a delicate work. I mean, I always tell them, you know, I think yeah. we have a talk right before camp. It's just like we're not working with just any, any other people. We're working with the people of God. 
So we're we're working with people, not with objects or or or, or things, you know. So it is it is very important that we have to be careful, uh, but at the same time, it is a privilege to be able to serve the people of God. So this group of young people has to understand, and and I always say this about myself, and I I love what I do, and I love to serve, uh, and I we must know who are we doing it for. Um, but we got to make them feel that they're capable of doing it. You know, we got to help them. We got to equip them. Uh, but we got to trust them. You know, we, we, we got to trust them. Uh, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, sometimes we feel like, oh, I better do it. So I do it my way. And, and that way I don't have to, you know, deal with other stuff. But then when are we going to let other people grow? You yeah. know, when are we going to let other people say like, hey, I want to serve like he serves. Uh, it wouldn't open those opportunities. You know, and we shouldn't be afraid of that they're going to make a mistake or they're going to do, you know, um, something that might not work out the way it was supposed to. But it's okay. You know, it's okay because they're going to grow like that and they're going to mature. And they, I mean, if they become better than us, glory to God, you know. Um, But I think it's just like now, one of the things that we face nowadays is just like a lack of commitment. You know, so um, we have to uh, make sure that, you know, and this is something mentoring and all this, you know, like you have to stay committed, you know. And I think one of the things that we've been committed for the past 14 years uh, working with them uh, and um, I guess we just we just got to pass it along. You know, it, it just uh, uh, teach them by example, you know, it's just like, hey, you have seen it. You have seen it the way I do it. I trust you. I had invested time in you. Now it's your turn. Go ahead. I'm going to be yeah. here for you. And, uh, and and I think this is something uh, great because we all grow. You know, it's, I mean, seeing some of them for us, you know, serving, it's just like glory to God for everything and all the time that we spend with them. You know, every camp, every prayer, you know, every resource that we use, glory to God. You know, because even some of them have given testimony and say, like, now it's our time to give back. You know, it's our time to give yeah. back. And this is what it's all about, you know. And, and uh, um, but uh, I think we got to trust our young people and we got to help them out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I love that. And one of the things that really fills my heart is to see young people say, you know what, I want to be the next person. And not, not from the point of view to where they can see me, but because they start to care. And then you see that fire ignite in them. That makes you feel some kind of way. And know me, I, I know you've noticed that in your youth group. I know you've seen that in your kids already. And you've already seen that in some of the young people where they say, you know what? I want to, I want to not necessarily take charge or take over, but I want to be a part of that. So with that and with letting go some task and, and letting them run with certain things and just kind of spread their wings a little bit, what are some of the risks and rewards that are involved with empowering young people because in a way it does make you nervous. And you like, like Royal said, you have to trust them. And at the same time, there's a reward behind that. So what would that be and what would that look like? And what have you seen from that point of view? Yes, definitely. There's going to be risks. And if anybody knows me, um, I'm one of those people that in the past, right, would say, and I still struggle and I still pray about it. And I say, Lord, help me, right? Because it would be much easier for me to take care of it, you know? But 
you know, I pray to God and say, I know that's wrong. I know we can't be like that because we do need to, um, you know, let other people come in, help, you know, develop. And, and now it's our time to go ahead and move on to mentorship. And one of the things or one of the risks that we take, obviously, is that there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be lack of commitment, right? But even in those risks that you take, you uh, that you take, you learn from those. You know, I've had some of the youth leaders come and, and you know, notice little things here and there, you know, and and I say, it's okay. You know, it's okay. You know, we can learn from this. We're going to move on. Let's see what needs to be done different. How can we change this? How can we change or what can we change to get a better outcome or a different outcome or, or where was the flaw? So it's taking that time to sit down with them, to talk things through, to analyze as well. Because in making mistakes also comes the negative feelings, right? Yeah. I'm not, I don't belong here, right? I, I don't think, I don't think I'm cut for this. I don't think this is my area. And we need to acknowledge those feelings, right? That they're feeling like that, but also let them know, you know what? I always take them back. And I, and I tell them, I started serving when I was 12 years old. So, you know, you may see a leader that now it's teaching or organizing or, or, you know, doing all these projects, but we see, we see kind of like the end product, right? But whenever I, I take it back and say, oh, you know, I started when I was young. I've been doing, you know, working in ministry for some time. You've known me maybe for the past five years, you know, but you don't know everything that I've gone through. You know, yeah. I, I stumbled, I fell, there was mistakes, you know. So those are kind of like the risks that, that you run. And not only the risk of that mistakes happen, but how they will feel afterwards, right? Um so always taking the time to sit down, speak to them and let them know it's okay. We, you know, we are learning every day. We are growing every day and never give up. Let's continue seeking God's guidance. Uh, but one of the rewards is also to see how they are growing and how they are developing and to see how, you know, even when we started, uh, you know, they were shy. They didn't really want to talk. They, yeah. they were to themselves. And now they are out there. They are leading, whether it be icebreakers, whether it be, you know, devotional talks, whether it be going up and talking to a parent, right, of one of our young ones. So to see that, it's such a reward, you know, to see how they are growing, how they are developing in ministry. It, it just warms my heart. And, and I say, Lord, and you are just starting, you know. Yeah. I can't wait to see where you're taking these leaders. That's definitely something to keep you hopeful, isn't it? That's something that gives you say, man, you know what? We we put in the work, we did something, and then God's going to do the rest. And then to see the light at the end of the tunnel. What are some of those feelings, Gotti, could you share? Maybe looking back and say, man, you know what? Like, I felt like this in the beginning, but then hindsight, now I'm able to see and that brings some type of emotion, knowing that God just took over and, and took in took in the amount of work that you put in, the sacrifice. What are some of those feelings that you could share that that bring in that that feeling of reward? Uh, just today, I was talking to a young person uh, that he's organizing a conference at his church. And uh, that reminded me when I was about 14, maybe 15. And there in our small local church, we we put together a youth conference and we called it Breakthrough. And we were there at our church, we were cleaning and we were 
this was before the, the days of social media. So we were writing letters and sending them to all the youth groups. I remember I, I even made some flyers in Word and Microsoft Word and, you know, with the word art and all that stuff, breakthrough. And, um, but it was so exciting. It was so exciting to be putting that together. And we invited this preacher from California. And uh, the day of, the day of the conference that was going to start, um, we were there cleaning the church and, you know, air fresheners and the whole thing, getting things ready, turning on the air conditioners. And, and uh, um, uh, my cousin, John David, dropped me off at, the, at, at my house so we could get ready. And I said, John, see you tonight at Breakthrough. And I was reminiscing with this youth leader because he's excited about this conference that he's, that he's uh, hosting tomorrow, actually. And um, how, how, again, pouring, put, putting out that, that effort and, and, and that love into something for, for God, how it's so rewarding. And, you know, we got started, you know, at, an, at a very early age because someone took the risk to, to give me a chance. You know, this kid from a broken home, you know, that, uh, you know, again, we, I didn't have it all together, but, but they took a risk and, um, and they empowered me, right. They empowered me to, and gave me a chance to, to put something together. We were so excited about it. And, um, you know, lives have been impacted. Um, lives have been impacted from then this way forward. And and the one that's been impacted the most is 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 mine, is my own. Because, you know, I see what God can do in in the life of a broken person and how he can transform a life and, and use it for his glory. And I think to me that is that is one of the biggest rewards to be able to to see God heal a broken heart, how he can pick somebody's life up and give them a, a, a purpose and an opportunity. I'm glad to be able to, you know, like I, you know, Robert said that I, that I had a, a role in his, in his spiritual development, maybe to a, to, to a certain extent, but a small extent, because, you know, God wants to use us. And um, just like he used, you know, has used me, he, he's using all of us and, and this invitation is still open. Um, so to, to see God move in, in my life and in the life of other people um, is, is, a, is a super, you know, it's, it's, it's a great experience and a great reward. Um, and to be able to see even today when I think that, you know, I thought it was bad when I was growing up as far as like the challenges and the temptations and everything else. We're living in an increasingly um, hostile world. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the Christian worldview is is to a certain extent, um, um, it, it's it's becoming. You know, we're becoming the minority. I was hearing a preacher the other day how he was saying that a lot of the things that we're seeing is it's 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 the end of times. You know, yeah. the Lord is coming back. The Bible says. That in the last days, perilous, you know, it's going to be perilous, perilous times. That the love of many is going to grow cold. But it does also say that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
and my sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Yep. So there are challenges, but there are opportunities. There's revival. You know, we've, we've seen revival. We, uh, in Asbury, the, the Asbury revival, the Jesus Revolution movie, and I think they had like 24,000 baptisms. I'm not sure if it was 8,000 or 24,000 baptisms, something like that recently. So, you know, and, and in our church, the whole year we've been talking about fanning into flame the gift of God. And I really love that verse because that's the Apostle Paul speaking to his protege, Timothy, and who was a young pastor in a very secular world in Ephesus yeah. where there was a lot of pagan worship. But he writes this letter from jail in prison, you know, and he's writing to his protege and saying, Tim, you know, Timothy, um, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. You have a gift. It was in your grandma. It was in your mom. Now it's in you. It, you know, God has put something in you. So, so, so fan it into flame. And there, that's mentorship right there. There's Paul, Timothy. Right. You know, I've been, I've been somebody's Timothy. And now it, it comes to a certain point in our lives where we need to become Paul. And we need, we right. need to find, okay, where's our Timothy? How can I encourage him? We see the gift of God and you fan it into flame. There's, there's only so much that I can do. But that gift that we've identified, the laying onto the hands, right? And I think that's, that's part of what the church is supposed to do. We're right. supposed to help each other identify the gift and not only identify the gift, but confirm the gift and I'll give them the space to develop. Yeah. Um, Mimi's been serving in different capacities, she said, since she was 12 years old. Um, but recently, you know, for a long, you know, I was in youth, it was in youth ministry. Then it was, uh, Roel and Robert and Danny. And they were, they were, you know, each one was serving in junior high ministry and high school ministry, college and career ministry. And now, uh, recently this year, Mimi stepped up. They, you know, they, they empowered, in my, in my opinion, you know, the way I see it, they empowered Mimi in a different area. And, and when they empowered her immediately, they were like, Hey, well, we, she was like, what are we, what are we going to do? And they started immediately planning youth camp from since March. It didn't happen until July, but from March, she started praying and putting her team together and they empowered her. And that's one thing that I see is that we, as a church, we need to, one way that we empower them is by delegating authority by giving them an area of responsibility because until we do so until we give them an opportunity to either you know uh have experience victory or or i don't want to say defeat but you know sometimes we are successful so other times we flop but we we're all given that opportunity we all we've all had experienced successes we've all had failures yeah but even in failures as long as you fail forward right don't Right. Don't uh, don't waste failure. Learn from it, and you know, thank God we had success in this uh, youth camp that we did. I think we had like fifteen or seventeen young people that decided to give their life to the Lord, and they're getting um, baptism classes. Um, anyway, I think I'm just going off on a tangent, but the thing the thing that I want to say is that we've been empowered, and it's time for us to empower others. And 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 one way we do that is just by taking a risk. If somebody took a risk on us, let's take a risk on somebody else and let's see what God can do in their life. Because it's not like we're going to abandon them. We're going to be with them, stepping with them, uh, serving with them, helping them as much as we can. Because, you know, yeah. that, that's what it's all about. It's it's about 
knowing God, loving God, receiving his love, becoming more like Jesus Christ, be, becoming Christ-like, serving our family and reaching out to other people. That's, that's what we need to do. Man, thank you for sharing that. There's so many great things that you that you shared there that I would love to dive into. And I think that that's an entire, uh, an entire episode in itself that we could probably dissect and talk about. But I want to go to Rob in this one, and I want you to share a little bit from your feelings of what you've seen and how you felt with the experiences that God has allowed you to see with other people developing. Um, what is it? What is it that you you would call a reward? And I think that looks different for everybody. Our our risk look different for everybody, but the reward looks different as well. What makes it rewarding to stand on on this side of the line per se and look back and say, "Man, you know what? I'm grateful for that experience. I'm glad that God allowed me to see it that way, experience it that way." What would that reward look like? I think it's, it's there's there's many things. But I think one of the main ones, so just just to give you a little bit of background on, on my answer, ever since I started, I've always, the Lord always put that on my heart. Just like I called you, I'm calling other people. And this ministry is going to be a ministry where I want to use those people. So ever since I started with my wife, we had people who were serving with us, right? And some of them till today they are they are serving elsewhere, right? Danny used to be yep. with the youth. Uh, Maria is now with CLKC with the kids' church, and and when you're when you are going through it, right? You have that passion that you want them you want them to receive from the Lord. You want them to have that personal connection to the Lord because if there's no personal connection, if it's something emotional, it can vanish real quick. Right. Yeah. But if you but if you are able to be that tool that the Lord uses for him to connect to other people, there's nothing greater than that. At camp, at this camp that we had, uh, Ram, who's one of the servers, he came and hugged me at the at the end of the service on Saturday night and he started giving me some words that like broke me. Because he I know that the the, the, the stuff that he had gone through, right? And on my end, I was there because that was my calling from the Lord because I love him like as if he was my little brother. But the things that he said brought so much joy to my heart. I'm like, wow, like, thank you, Lord. I've, I've never, never thought about that, right? I've never seen it that way. So that in itself is another reward. But I mean, ever since he was a little one, you know, having him and his sister on, on my discipleship classes, having to prepare every time to bring all my materials to teach all these kids. And, you know, sometimes it was very tiring because I had cell group then I had on Tuesday and then I had to teach them leadership class on Wednesday before, before church. And then I had the teens church. And I was doing all of that by myself. Uh, Cause I already, we already had our little one. So I, I, my wife was taking care of my little, of my little baby, but doing that, seeing their interest, seeing their desire to learn more, to, to dig into the presence of the Lord, man, there's, I, I, I don't have words for that, but seeing how the Lord moves in others and allows you to see his mercy manifest in other people. Like there's, man, there's nothing better than that. I, I love hearing testimonies. I love hearing what the Lord uh, does in people. 
And I mean, obviously it may sound a little bit selfish, but when I hear people do, that you invested their time in, and then, and then you hear what the Lord has done on at the camp, uh, you know how you all were going to have the testimonials. And I was telling my wife, I want to stay. I want to hear. I want to know if, because what I shared that Saturday was something that the Lord placed in my heart. Literally from day one, it was like, it was laid out on my, on my mind. And then I'm like, you know what? No, let's leave. I, I, now I, I, I feel bad. Like I feel it's just like my pride. Let's, let's just go. Well, the next day, the mom of one of them texted me and my wife. And she's like, hey, my son had been struggling a lot. And after he heard like Rob's thing, like he's like super committed. He wants to make a life change. And I just remember thanking the Lord. I'm like, thank you. Lord. That's, I just wanted to know that I was being efficient for your kingdom. Because you can fall into that trap of just, you know, I'm on the spotlight, so let me just mm. shine. And it's not yeah. about that. It's right. about causing an impact in other people, right? And, yeah. and giving them that. So it's like levels of, of rewards, if I can. I hope I'm explaining myself. Yeah, you definitely. That, that, that's perfect. And I love what you said about that. There is definitely that trap where you can fall into and, and, and say, or to get stuck in, underneath the spotlight. And, and, and soak it all in. But I think God is gracious enough to allow us to see the reward and, and, and to cut a piece of that blessing. He gets all the glory from it, but he allows us to see that and, and, and lets us see how we were part of that and how he was able to use that. So that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So before I let you all go, there's something that I want everybody to participate in. And, and that is a word of encouragement for the ones that are struggling not only the youth groups, but the teams that are struggling and the leader that finds themselves right now struggling very or, or working very hard to develop other people, but finds themselves struggling to see the results and to see, um, to see the, 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 the goal at the end. What is it, Royal, that you would tell somebody that, that is struggling right now that is working very hard to putting in the time to put in the sacrifice, but they haven't really seen the, the high level results right away that they're looking for. How can we lift them up today? One of the thing is that you're not going to see results from one day to another. <laughs> and, and that's uh, just to start with. Uh, one of the things from my experience, uh, it's like, you gotta love what you do. Uh, you got to have a passion for it. Uh, one of the things that I always do, uh, I accept people just the way they are. Um, I feel I make them feel welcome and accepted and love and that we care for them. Uh, but if you're struggling with, from my experience, I'm pre I'm, and one of the things that we are seeing now, for example, the team that is now, like we said, we have invested like probably 10 plus years on them, you know? And now we see them serving, you know? So uh, sometimes it's just going to take time. You just have to stay consistent. And now you're not going to get 100% results, you know, with everything that we've been talking about uh, that the kids face nowadays, you yeah. know? But we got to plant the seed and we got to do our job, you know? Uh, the results are not really up to us. <laughs> Right. You know, God will, will will do his job and his, his, his work in their life. 
but my job is to plant a seed. My job is to equip. My job is to share. My job is to, uh, you know, dedicate time for them and, uh, and just pray for them. You know, I, I tell these kids, you know, I mean, you're here and I have mentioned this for years. You can walk away from God because you can't. But one day you're going to come back. How are you going to come back? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's good. But you will come back. Right. <laughs> you know, you will come back maybe, maybe with a broken marriage, maybe with a loss, like loss in the family, maybe with a sickness. But yeah. God is going to God is going to bring you back because there's a seed that has been planted in your heart. You know, so if you're struggling as a leader, don't give up. God will reward you. Pray about it. God, God will guide you. It's, it's, it's not the people that we're, we're fighting with. It's all these things that, are, that, that we're fighting against, you know. But as a leader, I have to do my job. I had to do it the best I can. And I just got to keep on going. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, I mean, I want to bounce that question back to you. Somebody somewhere is struggling tonight. Somebody somewhere is scratching their head, burning, burning the, 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 the lamp at, at, you know, in, the, in the middle of the night, trying to figure out what's the next step that they should take. How can we encourage them tonight to say, hey, you know what? There is light at the end of the tunnel and the results and, and God is going to do what God does. And there is results at, at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. I would tell them, um, these people that maybe are struggling, right? And, and they're maybe putting in all their effort and not seeing much change. Um, I would first and foremost say you are not going to change them. So mm-hmm. take that load off your shoulders. You know, Good. don't think that you're going to be changing them. You need to accept them. You need to love them, right? Pray for them and pray with them as well, you know, and, and also demonstrate and, and continue being that mentor for them, right? Investing the time. Just because we plant the seeds does not mean that we're going to reap the harvest, mm-hmm. right? We are planting the seeds, yeah. you know, we are praying, we are letting the Lord do his work in them as well. Um, so a lot of times we we put all this load on our shoulders because we want to see it. We want to see it. And, and you know what? You know, let God do his work. You know, we're doing our work and let God do his work. So make sure that, you know, you are staying connected with them, being um, that mentor for them, being that listening ear for them, you know there are times when maybe they need, they have questions. They, you know, you've already explained it once you've already, they're not capturing it, you know, be patient with them. Don't give up on them. Do not give up on them. They are worth so much. They are our God's sons and daughters as well. So, so let's continue on doing the work. And one of the other things that I would say is um, if you're doing all of this and you're still struggling you always have those leaders at your church, right? Whether it be your pastor, your assistant pastor or counselors or other ministers, you know, you can also, you know, seek guidance with them because we don't know it all, right? So we, right. Uh, we can also go to, to our leaders, to our pastors or whoever that leader is for you at church, you know, and, and be open and sincere. You know, I'm struggling in this area. This is what I'm doing. 
maybe they can give you a different perspective, right? It, it may be an, a different point of view or maybe something else that can be done. So don't fear in stepping out and seeking that guidance, you know, because, you know, they might be able to to give you a different input that's going to be helping you. That's great. And guys, I don't know if you agree with me, but she sounds like a veteran already. She sounds like a veteran. <laughs> Gotti. Yeah, she sure does. That's, she she that's, does. She's been, she's been here for long. <laughs> hey, the seeds are growing. The seeds are growing. I know that. I see it. So that, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Naomi. That, that, that's, we get in right there. We get in right there, but I, I, I want to let some of the other ones, uh, I want to let Rob and Gotti you know, chime in on this a little bit because it, it is important. And uh, there's a lot of people that get stuck in seeking um, encouragement, but then they do nothing with it. And that's, that's the part that makes me sad. They, they seek encouragement. They, they flood the podcast. They, they flood the, the YouTube channels. They're, they're addicted to receiving that, that dopamine that you get from the encouragement, but then you do nothing with it. But somebody somewhere today is really, truly trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it out and trying to figure out what the next step is going to be. Gotti, how can we encourage them today? And what can we do to lift up their spirits? Yeah, I would echo what Mimi said. As he said, she sounds like a veteran. You know, uh, discouragement can come for many reasons. You know, sometimes we're doing everything right and um, and things still don't seem to be uh, happening at the pace that we want. Sometimes there's room for improvement. Sometimes, like, you, like Mimi said, we don't know everything. Maybe yeah. we're getting discouraged because we need, there's some areas that, you know, that we can improve upon or, maybe frustrations because of, of different things. But there are times where we're doing everything right and it's still, and, and, and there's still times of discouragement. I've, I've experienced discouragement in my, in my life as well. There have been, there have, you know, I've had mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I remember, I remember one time uh, this sort of, funny, very short, uh, very short, uh, story. I remember one time I invited people to, to a, to a, a youth small group at my house and nobody showed up and I was crying and I was telling my mom, I was like, mom, I don't know why nobody showed up. And it just so happened. I invited everybody for a different day and I was expecting them that day, but the invitation said a different day. So <laughs> You know, uh, at that time, I was discouraged for a dumb reason, right? <laughs> because of a mistake that I made. It's not that nobody liked me. It's not that nobody wanted to come. It's just I made a mistake on the invitation. But then there's been other times where, you know, we do everything right. And there's no mistakes on my part. Or that I don't feel that there's any mistakes. And, you know, there's, there's, there are frustrations. And Mimi said something that's so wise is, um, you know, we, yes, we need to encourage ourselves. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 15 says that God is the one who gives endurance and he's the God of encouragement. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That when we are feeling down, that when we are, that when we feel that we don't have any strength, our God, he gives endurance. This is not, this is not a, you know, a, 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 a 100 meter dash. It's a marathon. And right. we need to endure. We need to keep on growing. The Bible says in Galatians that 
do not grow weary in doing good for at the right time, we are going to reap a mm. harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's so it. there are times where we need to encourage ourselves in, God, in, in, in the Lord and in his word. But then there are other times where we need help. And don't be afraid to go out there. Don't make a mistake. Don't go, don't throw in the towel and don't, you know, don't, don't avoid the, the problem and don't run away from it, but go to your leaders, go to a, a, someone who is um, spiritually mature so that you can receive an encouraging word. So someone can pray for you because we've all been there and it's just yeah. a matter of, you know, trusting God and surrounding yourself with the right people Look, you know, getting a different perspective. Where can I improve? Am I doing, you know, if I need to improve, well, let's improve. And if I'm doing everything right, well, let me just keep on doing what I'm doing because at the right time, God is going to bless our effort. Yeah. Um, I, the psalmist said, you know, you go out planting, you go, you go, you know, they, sometimes you're crying, but you're going to come back with shouts of joy. But we need to go out and plant, and God's going to give them. Yeah, that's great. Rob, is there anything that you would like to add to that as closing remarks? I know they made it difficult for you because they've already gone. They've already said a lot of great things. But um, one of the things that, that I saw you do is probably take on some very difficult tasks. Uh, I saw you teach. I saw you address the church uh, on that Sunday. And, and, uh, and I also know that you also have a gift of, of, of encouraging others. I, I just naturally see that. I, I know that you, you can do that. And God's allowed all of you to do that. So what would you add to, to the encouragement and to um, the comments that everybody else has already laid out? I think I would start by addressing those who are burned out to do a little bit of introspection first and identify what is that reason why you're feeling that way, right? Is it because you're just not producing and you want to produce more? Right? Is it is it a goal that you just want to see yourself? Because when you it is the it is normal when uh, that the young man asked Jesus about following him and he's like, hey, I don't even have a place to rest my head. Like this is this is not an easy road, right? And uh, a lot of times in ministry, I, I I was in that situation many times, and I vividly remember a Wednesday before going to service. I was sitting down in my kitchen and I was crying. I had a towel and I literally, I, I wanted to throw it out and say, I quit. And as I was crying, my wife came to me and as she put her hands on my shoulders, I felt the presence of, the, and she started talking to me and I knew it wasn't her. I knew it was the Lord encouraging me and lifting me up. So you, you always have to go through that, making that difference. Is it me? Is it, is it because I'm tired? Because it is very valid for you to feel tired. And that's why you should always surround yourself with people who you can lean into, who can help you out, who can lift you up, who can, who can help you. But also identify, are these my goals? Because if those are your, your goals, I would recommend you be like David, who was mm -hmm. a man after God's own heart. Yeah, that's good. And what did David say? You know, search my search my heart, creating me a pure heart, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Like he wanted to make, you know, the Lord's will, even though he messed up, right? And and there were major consequences, but he still wanted to do the will of the Lord. 
If you think about the apostles, they didn't know the purpose. The whole time Jesus was walking on earth, they were assuming certain things. He's going to come here. He's going to establish like an earthly kingdom now. I'm going to get part of that. Like it wasn't what they were expecting. When he died and he told them, go back, go back where they killed me. Go back where they killed me for what I was doing. Right? Yeah. But when you go there, you shall receive power. Right? You shall receive the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. So you, we, we always have that opportunity that when, when we feel tired, when we feel we can't keep on going, the Lord is the one who gives us the strength because he's the one who called us. This was not our choice. And if it is your choice, then you need to rethink what you're doing, right? Because the Lord is, is he's the one who puts in you what you want to do, right? He's the one who right. leads you. Go back to the Lord. If you're evaluating your results, like Harry was saying, no one came. We tend to do that. Yeah, I had this event and I didn't have these many people. You're not the one who does evaluation. The one who evaluates is the Lord. Yeah. Like we, don't, we don't matter, right? It is him, the one who says, you've been faithful. How many people wanted to kill Paul? You know, they had to, they had to take him away because they were going to lynch him because of what he was preaching, right? Right. Imagine if we were Paul, it's like, man, they want to kill me. Like, we're not in that, in, that, <laughs> in that moment where our own people want to kill us, right? But kind of like going back to that, doing some introspection, asking the Lord to renew your strength because he will renew your strength. I love the, the, right. the, the verse that says, you know, draw near me and I will draw near you. And I was telling my daughters, listen to that word. He's telling us, like, we need to take that step because he already yeah. allowed us to come to him, right? He says that no one comes to me and like through Jesus, we go to the Lord and he's inviting us in and he will meet us halfway. So. Just go to, go to the Lord, rest in his presence, trust that he knows what he's doing and ask him to reveal to you what it is that he wants you to do. He says to ask for, for, ask for wisdom and he will give it to you, right? Wisdom to do his will. And if he's, I'll, I'll tell those leaders who are burned out. If the Lord is calling you, wouldn't you think that the Lord wants the best for you and that he will guide you through your toughest challenges? Granted, a lot of those challenges are not easy, but we're not alone. All of us in this call have very deep testimonies of things that have happened in our lives and in our families, life and death situations. But I think Roel, Mimi, Gadi will agree that the Lord was there. The Lord got us through all of that desert. And now we're doing, I mean, we've always been doing what he wanted, but now we can, we can say and see the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, right? He has what I need. So I just encourage yeah. all those uh, leaders who are That's burned it. out, just come to the cross, come at the feet of the Lord, and he will give you what you need to keep on going. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's wonderful. And everybody shared um, encouragement for someone that that is probably struggling. Everybody shared uh, wonderful testimonies, experiences. And I think that this is going to be a podcast that people need to go and play back at one speed and maybe listen to it again, because there's so much value that all of you have shared. And I know that if I had an opportunity to talk to each of you individually, you would share so much more. And I was thinking and analyzing a lot of what you all were sharing, and there's a lot in common. And there's two things that, that, that I learned early on. Uh, one of those is, is being rested and a lot of people can find themselves discouraged just simply because of lack of rest, uh, simply by doing too much, overdoing it, 
like stretching yourself too thin, uh, burning the midnight oil too long or too many times in a row. Uh, obviously, we have to do it in occasions, but doing it every single night, seven days a week or doing it way too many times in a row, that definitely will burn you out. And sometimes we can find ourselves in discouragement. And, and I've learned over the years that simply by resting properly, um, I, I didn't ever, nobody ever told me about rest when I was growing up. Like it was always about go and do, go and do. Like if you rested, you were, you were perceived as lazy. But the older that I've gotten, like I've learned more and it's like, no, rest is necessary. God allows us to rest so we can regroup and do it again. And the more burnt out that we are, the, the less effective we can be. And um, I, I learned something this week, actually, that I wanted to share with you all. Uh, before I let you all go. And that's simply the fact that sometimes we we strive for more and we strive for the next level and we're always wanting more and more and more and more, uh, more success, uh, more accomplishment. And, so, and we sometimes feel that God expects that from us and we take it upon ourselves and say, well, God is expecting me to do and I'm going to go and get it no matter what. And sometimes God is not expecting anything. Sometimes God just wants you to be in his presence. Sometimes God just wants to build you in silence, in the dark, outside of the spotlight. And when I heard that, that impacted me so much. And I was like, you know what? That's true. All these years, I've thought that I'm going to do this for God. I want to do that for God. I want to I want to expand the kingdom. I want to be a part of it. And that's great. But sometimes we we kind of per se, just to use the phrase, we put word in God's mouth for us. We set an expectation as if God said it, but sometimes God just wants us to be with him. And that impacted me so much. And I just wanted to share with you, uh, share that with you all. And I want to thank you all for spending time with me today and adding value to all of us. I've learned so much from being around with you guys for such a small amount of time, but being able to have access to y'all, I, I feel like, um, uh, we've established a friendship. Uh, we've established a relationship and I'm open for whatever you all need, whatever your church needs, your group needs. And uh, thank you. Thank you for taking time and adding value to all of us here today. And I know it's going to be a blessing to the audience. And uh, I, I can't wait to hear the, the feedback from it because you've all added uh, amazing things, amazing experiences. And I want to thank you all for for being with us here today on on the podcast. No, thank you for for the opportunity. I think it was a, it was a privilege to be able to share with you. And I just wanted to say this, um, as a leader, if you're struggling, uh, don't quit. The one that called you didn't make a mistake when he called you and he placed you into that ministry. So yeah, he's going to back you up. Uh, maybe like some of us, uh, you're going through a tough time. I mean, we all have gone through tough times, but that has shaped us to the person that we are nowadays. Uh, and, and we can give testimony of that. And if there's anything that we can do, I mean, we're here to help, you know, um, but God didn't miss, he didn't make a mistake when he called you. So he'll show you the way and you, you'll be able to make it through and you're going to be victorious in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. We're going to put a link. We're going to put a link to your social medias where people can connect to your lives, your church, uh, your youth group. Uh, where can they connect? Uh, Noemi, would you like to share that? Sure. Um, they, can, can, they can connect uh, with us online. We do have our Christian Life Online 
www.ethnicmusicgroup.com website for our church. And for our youth ministries, we have our Instagram at CL, as Christian Life, CL Adolescents, and also CL Youth in Facebook. So they can go ahead and reach out to us there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to put links for that in the description also. We'll make it accessible and easy for people to reach you all and connect with the youth group and see all the amazing things that God is doing in Edinburgh, Texas. So thank you all once again for spending some time with us today. And I hope it's not the last. And I'm definitely going to be seeing you guys again. And I, Royal, I meant what I said last time. My house is open for all of you all. Our round table is here. And um, our espresso machine is ready to get fired up whenever y'all do come to Houston. Let's get it done. Uh, <laughs> set the date. Set yeah, the date. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Christian Life Church and their team. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating, a review, or even share it on your social media. And that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find links where we can connect. You can also visit my blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspired.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer and becoming who God has created you to be so you can make an impact in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.